Thank you for joining the Homeschool Help Desk Live. My name is Tam and I'm here to help you. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And now let's get into the show. Um, so just in response to that, you were saying your, your daughter's an educator, was an educator, and her husband is an assistant principal. And I find that so interesting because I know there are a lot of educators who are choosing to homeschool their kids, including some of my former teachers that I've still been in touch with over the years. Um, I happened to run into one at a homeschooling conference that I went to, and she was like, yeah, I'm homeschooling my kids. And I just like, you taught me. <laughs> Um, and then the, another one of my teachers, I actually reached out to her because she was just, she just had that much of an impact on me. And um, I was just telling her what's going on with me and that I'm homeschooling. And she just had such high praise and, and was so encouraging. And she said she hopes to do that um, as she gets finished. Um, she's going to retire. She was going to retire soon. And she was going to be homeschooling her son, who I think was in middle school at the time. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> so interesting that um, educators are, are making that choice, but also encouraging too, like encouraging that educators are making that choice. So it's a, it, I think it's good. I, I personally think it's a good thing. Um, obviously I'm biased though. <laughs> um, so we've actually been homeschooling for, this is, we're going into our ninth year, which feels kind of interesting to say fun like i don't know <laughs> i will say it wasn't that wasn't always the plan but it's definitely become the plan so i don't know if anyone else in here is homeschooling and wants to say how long they've been homeschooling uh, please do um, include that in the chat just so we can know and um yeah this is just going to be kind of an open discussion chat about homeschooling in general, your thoughts, your tips, um, any resources that you recommend. I do have a resource list that I have been adding to with each one of these chats. And the idea behind that is just to share what has been working um, for anyone who might be looking for additional resources. You can find this by going to the Linktree uh, link, link in my profile, which uh, the first tab opens up to this Google document um, that is called the Homeschool Help Desk Recommended Resources List. Um, I have not used everything on this list personally, but again, it's just these are things that have been recommended in the uh, lives that we've been doing. All right. And so Candace is saying, I want to homeschool my future kids, but I don't know how to even begin, how to even begin that or do it the right way. You're in the, you're amongst friends here, Candace. Like you are, first of all, welcome here. And you, just finding out the information is is really the hardest part. And then or maybe you no, know, finding out the information can be a bit overwhelming. But also just narrowing down what resources is probably the hardest part because there's so much out there now, which is a good thing. Um, so um, you mentioned future kids. So we're we've got time. Um, it's basically just going to come down to the state that you're living in at the time that you're homeschooling and what those requirements will be. That's going to vary. Like some states have a lot of regulations, some states have none at all. Um, so it just depends on where you are when you end up homeschooling. 
And then from there, you're just going to be choosing what resources work best for your kids to teach the subjects that are required by your state's laws. So for example, I'm in Georgia and we have to teach reading, writing, math, science, and social studies. That's it, just those five. Anything above and beyond that is just extra. So you'll just go and find out which resources you would want to use to teach those things, whether you are choosing a full-blown program that has everything all included, or if you're going to choose something um, like where you would like be a bit more specific and narrow it down. So it just all depends on what your child would gravitate towards. And I'm a huge, huge proponent of letting your child be involved in those decisions. All right, and then Sarah is saying, this was your first year homeschooling. You're almost done, seven days left. Okay, cool. So how's it been going for your first year? Mindy says, we are going into our fifth year. Awesome, awesome. So see, we have like a nice um, blend of not homeschooling yet, but interested, just stopped, just finished the first year and then been in in a few years. So I like this. And then um, Zana or Zana, I, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, um, says, I don't have kids, but I want to for my future kids one day. Okay, cool. So yeah, again, this is great to just get in, see, you know, listen, see, see what it's like, ask any questions you may have. Um, you know, you guys are talking about future kids. So Definitely take everything today with a grain of salt because things do change and evolve. Resources have just exploded in the last, I want to say, three to four years. It's been amazing. So what is the hot thing today is probably going to be, you know, old school, you know, when, when y'all's kids are born and y'all are ready, but they're still out here in terms of like just good resources. Um, Candice, you're in California. Okay. And you think you have a large homeschooling community in the Southern area. I think so too. I do know that there's uh, several homeschoolers that I follow that are um, in California. Texas has a big community. And I mean, Georgia, we have a large one as well. So like, you're, you're not going to be alone <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, I think those days are pretty much over. Uh, I made a video not too long ago talking about how the amount of homeschoolers in the United States is on, um, roughly equivalent to the population of Connecticut. So there's millions. <laughs> You're not going to be homeschooling in isolation for sure. Uh, so Desiree, you're asking, do I plan to send my kids to school for high school? My grands are in first grade and kindergarten. Um, no, I don't. And the reason why is there's, I feel no, there's no need. Uh, I was an admissions counselor, so I know precisely how that process works for getting into college. And there's no need or desire. Need on my part, there's no need to send them. Desire on my kids' part, they don't wanna go. <laughs> and then we also have um, friends who are, men like I consider them mentors. They've homeschooled their kids all the way through like high school and college. So the, the road has been paved. At this point, I see no reason to send my kids to high school. Um, now that could change if their minds change because I definitely ask them every single year, like what do they wanna do? What type of curriculum? Um, that sort of thing. But as of today, headed into eighth grade with my oldest, there's no desire to attend public school. So we will not. Mission-led mama. Hey, Hannah. Um, good morning. She's saying, do not impulse buy and do not overthink. Both are things that I did. So she's right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Lou Screw is saying, hi. I homeschool my son. I don't know about other states, but here in Colorado, we do unschooling. Yeah, awesome. Unschooling is definitely um, 
a popular approach. And actually we, we kind of do that in our afternoons. Like our mornings are much more structured in terms of just making sure that we're getting things done that are required. And then our afternoons are much more free flowing, like very magic school bus over here. <laughs> we kind of follow my kids um, direction. Uh, so Sarah says, it's been great, so much more relaxed than rushed mornings and long evenings of homework. Yes, I agree with you completely. Uh, Midwest mom is saying, we homeschooled from first to 12th. She's now in her third year of college with a 4.0. Thank you so much for being here, first of all, and congrats to your daughter for doing so amazing. Um, and then I love that, again, all stages of homeschooling is represented here today. So thank you all for being here. Like you know, interested with no kids yet, all the way up to my daughter is in her third year with a 4.0, third year of college. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. And then Brenton um, is saying, I just graduated with my master's. Real question, what are some benefits of homeschooling? Um, how much time do you have? So you just heard or saw from Sarah, just being more relaxed, not having to do that rush, that day-to-day, -day, um, you know, sitting in the homeschooling line, homework in the evenings. Um, you've also heard me mention um, that Loose Screw out in Colorado, they're doing an unschooling approach, which really, in my mind, focuses more on actual life lessons, like what do you need to exist as a good human on this planet? That's what I hear when I think of, when, when I think of unschooling. You really have the opportunity to tailor your child's education to them as opposed to Think of it like a bespoke education. Like if you've ever worn a tailored suit or had something custom made for you, that's homeschooling as opposed to buying it off the rack where the waist doesn't fit quite right or the shoulders don't, you know, fits too tight, the neck is too tight, whatever. An off the rack design, you just have to kind of take it as it is. Maybe if you have additional resources, you can go get it tailored to fit a little bit better. But for the most part, you're just kind of stuck with what, stuck with that fit, even if it doesn't quite fit. Whereas for homeschooling, you are literally start to finish tailor making that experience for your kid in order to have it be as rigorous as you want or as free flowing as you want. Um, so that those are the benefits in a nutshell. And then how that translate and in, translates into your kid's life is really the sky's the limit. I mean, right now, my kid, for example, is very into anime and is working on being an animator like she's wanting to animate some of her drawings. When would she have the time to do such a thing if she was having to go and read through Homer or the Odyssey, which that's fine if that's what you're into, but how many of us care anything about the Odyssey, even though we were forced to read it in middle school, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I could go on, but I wanna definitely get to some of the questions, but there's tons of benefits. Um, let's see, so Moab27 is saying, want to wanting to homeschool my twins for kindergarten this year. Oh, good. Go for it. Give it a shot. Hey, Steph. Yo, Steph is saying, hey, best friend. Um, and then Mindy is saying, I have three kids, a second grader, a seventh grader, and an 11th grader. Okay, so you've really got like elementary, middle, and high school, like all at once in the high at once. So Moab, you're nervous. I get it. Definitely ask any questions that you have. And you've got, we've got a wealth of knowledge here in this chat. So Please don't feel afraid to ask any questions that you might have. <clears throat> Janet Brown, thank you so much for being here. Good morning. Um, I have a seventh grade boy and he has been homeschooling since kindergarten. Now he is rebelling and your comment got cut off. What can I do? Okay, so rebelling in what way I would ask? And it could, and it depends, like if he's rebelling, like not wanting to do the, the lessons, it could mean, you know, maybe it's time to do like change up the curriculum. 
and ask him what he would prefer to do. If it's a behavioral thing, I'm afraid like that could, you know, that just, I'm not a behave, child behavioral specialist and it would just depend on exactly what his rebellion looks like. But if it's just based around like the curriculum and the schooling, it just may be time to change up the curriculum and find a different resource. Like I know my son is definitely anti-traditional workbooks. So I'm looking this year into being more digital with him. But again, it just depends on what you mean by rebelling. Uh, let's see. So, okay, so Mission Led Mama is talking to Moab saying, I'll be doing the same. And even though homeschool, even though I homeschool older children, it makes, it, this is making me nervous. Yeah, it can be because we just don't want to fail. That's really what it is. Like we don't want to fail. Uh, let's see. Bain 22i or 221 says, I have a three year old that I'm homeschooling. My last job was teaching ones and twos. Oh, cool. So I hope that meant three year old because it said three triple, but I think you meant three year old. Um, so I think that just, I think that's what you meant. So I hope I didn't mess up what you were saying. Uh, Elizabeth is asking, can anybody homeschool kids? Depends. Like some, so for your state that you live in, um, it primarily defaults to the parents and guardians, but in some states you can hire a private tutor and make that arrangement. So um, for the most part, it's still under the umbrella of the parents or guardians. Janet is saying he will not do any work at all. Um, have you considered maybe taking a break, like an extended break, not trying? Because I know when I was uh, first homeschooling my kids, I was really strict about sticking to the public school schedule, like Monday through Friday, um, August to May. Maybe an extended break is in order because it doesn't have to, like, that's the thing about learning and education, as I'm sure you know this as an adult, it doesn't always have to look like a workbook. It, it doesn't always have to come from a work page. So maybe this is a time to like put the workbooks on the shelf and just see where his interests lead him. And it may be that he takes a week to just like do nothing in our parent, in, you know, in our parental eyes. But at some point he's gonna get bored and that boredom will lead to creativity and lead to him questioning and being curious. Uh, that's been my experience. And I think that's one of the privileges and benefits we have as homeschoolers is we can give our kids that break. It doesn't have to be constant schoolwork 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. Like you have the ability to just sit back and say, all right, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you steer the ship. Let's see where this goes. And just observe if, if you would want, if you were willing to give that a try. Like think of it almost like you're doing the scientific method. And I I used to, I had that poster out before. Um, but yeah, just sit back and observe, you know, sit, um, observe what he does. And then if he does seem to hone in on something, focus on that, encourage that. So if he's focusing on video games, encourage it. I've said in previous um, you know, lives, like I am a proponent of video games teaching a lot. <laughs> they can teach um, just patience, teaching, um, being consistent, um, having to use different strategies. Or if he would rather just read, let him read. Uh, so it really just depends, but that would be my suggestion, just to have have y'all take a break and just see what happens. Uh, let's see. 
Tina Reynolds is saying, my son is going to kindergarten in the fall. I'd love to homeschool, but I feel like I'd love, I hate that this cuts off y'all's comments. What did you say? I'd love my son is very active and silly and probably has a little ADD runs in the family resources to help. Okay. Hey, Tina. So first of all, thank you for being here. Um, kindergartners are not meant to sit still. So the fact that he's moving around and silly and, and you know, all over the place is like you're describing the perfect five-year-old, six-year-old boy <laughs> in my, you know, to me, because I have one. And so a lot of things that I do with him are active, are hands-on, and it just involves playing games that kind of sneak in that learning. So for example, we'll play Twister, very active game. And I'll say, you know, put your right foot here, put your left foot there, like the traditional rules. But then I'll, I'll, I'll switch it up and I'll say, can you stand on the two colors that make green? Can you stand on the two colors that make orange? And just being active as opposed to sit down, do your work. So kind of similar to what I was saying um, to Janet about like, take a break, observe, but you can sneak in that learning. You can play hide and seek, but instead of counting one to 10 or one to 20, skip count two, four, six, eight, you know, and or five, 10, 15, 20, like skip count while you're playing hide and seek. Or um, we do a, a game that I call sight word circle, where we take flashcards, we put them around in a circle on the floor and I ask him to go jump on the word. So he has to first walk around the circle, look for the word, sound it out while he's walking around. And then I say, okay, now jump on it when you find it. That's teaching sight words. Or another thing that we've done, I have printed off little work pages like this. I got this one from education.com. And you put it in these little pouches with dry erase. And dry erase is king for this age group. Um, and you just put it in here and say, you know, can you put a circle on the word do? Can you put a square on the word see? And you may not do all, all these words all at once. You may only get through five before he's ready to do something else. But again, they're still learning. It doesn't have to look like sit down, be still kind of thing. So I hope that helps. Like, please don't be uh, afraid of your that your kid has energy. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Bain is saying, I have a three-year-old I'm homeschooling now. And, oh, no, you already saw, I already, that was, you were correcting it. I see, got it. Uh, and your last job was teaching one and two-year-olds. Okay, I see. Janet is saying, what about children who will not study? It, a similar answer is <laughs> like, maybe what they're being asked to study isn't of interest to them, which again, if you thought of it from an adult level, how many of us want to sit down and study something we're not interested in? So sometimes it just is a matter of revamping our approach as parents, revamping the way we think about things, because we might think they need to sit down and study Shakespeare, but it's boring <laughs> to them. So I definitely always encourage people to learn their kids' learning style. I say that quite a bit. And one way you can do that is to ask your kid to teach you something. So in our, in our uh, house, Roblox and Minecraft are big. So I asked my kids, teach, can you teach me how to build a portal? And the way they teach it to you is basically the way that you would want to teach your kid um, and try that out. And like I said, it may just be time for a break because not many of us, adults included, can just keep doing things we don't enjoy. Uh, but we are very, you can't stop us from learning things that we do enjoy. So definitely take a look into that, see if that you know, change of approach is helpful. And then also if your kid is old enough to understand, like 
you may have to just sit down and talk about what are your future goals? Is college one of them? Is entrepreneurship one of them? Is, you know, working at um, a business one of them? Like whatever their goals are and then try to direct their education that way as opposed to just going by what we think it should look like from our public school experience because that's the thing, y'all, homeschooling isn't public schooling. And also the opportunities that public school prepares you for are not necessarily what your kid might be might be wanting to do. They might just want to grow up and, and, and I say just, not in a negative way or not in a dismissive way. They might want to grow up and um, design t-shirts. Okay, so why do they need to study the Odyssey to do that unless they're going to have Odyssey themed t-shirts, you know what I mean? So allowing your kid to follow their passion and and to learn for the sake of learning, like making learning a lifestyle, I think is a better approach than simply trying to check things off because it's required or, you know, or, or that's the traditional way of doing things. But that's my opinion. Obviously, take you can take it or leave it. <laughs> but I would definitely um, spend some time observing, spend some time asking what they're passionate about, and then try to focus the study around that. Because let's say you're just trying to get them to write an essay. And the workbook that you're using says they should write a, an essay about dogs, but your kid doesn't like dogs or whatever. Ask them to write an essay about the, you know, the origins of Minecraft or whatever they're interested in. Like, let's do some research on who created Minecraft and write about it and then share it with somebody like a friend of theirs or a relative that they admire. That's kind of how I got my kids to write was I encouraged them to write letters to their family members who they, you know, don't get to see often. So we're still practicing writing, but it's in an enjoyable way that they get to write to this person, tell them about something that they did. Much more interesting than just the random prompts from a worksheet. So that's my two cents on that. So, hey, Hidden Variant, good to see you here again today. What's the biggest downside to homeschooling? I love the homeschooling concept, by the way. Um, excellent question. My opinion, the biggest downside is self-doubt, like self-doubt from my perspective. Um, because I'm always thinking, am I doing enough? Am I going to fail my kids? Am I going to be visited by um, some local authority who's going to tell me I can't homeschool anymore? Um, so like the fear, the self-doubt is like, that's the downside in my opinion. Also, as you're hearing, like sometimes the kids just aren't in the mood. And so fighting against those attitudes can be tricky and challenging. Um, but usually that's easier to overcome than the self-doubt because <laughs> that kind of lingers with me. Um, but that's my personal downside. If anyone else wants to share their um, answer to Hidden Variance question, uh, let me know or drop it in the chat. Okay, so Lou Screw is asking, okay, here's another one. I don't know if this works, but he doesn't do well with traditional books. So we do things like have him in coding classes. Yes, absolutely. Here's the thing. Not everybody's a reader. Not everybody wants to sit down with a book, but I find that ki my kids um, definitely prefer coding. So go with that and you can still get those same concepts in there. You can still get reading in there because believe it or not, you have to do quite a bit of reading in order to code, you know, reading the instructions and whatnot. There's nothing wrong with going that route. Nothing at all. Tina is saying, my son is very active and silly and probably have, oh no, that's the comment I read before. Yeah, some of these are getting cut off. Okay, let me go back up and I want to make sure I'm not missing anyone's comments because I hate to do that to y'all. Good morning to everyone who says good morning to me. Thank you. Okay. He's, oh, Luce, your son is 10. 
Yeah, I think that's just getting into that age of like, they want to do everything themselves. And sometimes you just gotta let them, let them try it. My daughter at one point thought she could do everything that I do, staying home. And at first I was a little insulted by that, like, what? But now I, I let her try. I let her try for a couple of days and she quickly realized she don't, she doesn't have the skills yet. So sometimes just let them touch the hot stove, you know, within reason and see that it's hot or just see that, you know, you know, maybe I do need to improve my reading because I'm, I'm struggling or what have you. Like, it's okay to sit back and observe for a little while. Uh, let's see. I'm also, this is Bane saying, I'm also deciding in, deciding in between pulling my oldest out of school and or putting him into a charter school. Okay, yeah. Uh, my niece and nephew actually went to a charter school. By the way, y'all, this is not an anti-public um, school or private school or a charter school platform. Like, I support you doing what's best for your kids, period, full stop. So if you think a charter school could be that and, and be um, a good option, go for it. Jennifer, good morning. You say your daughter also wants to be an animator. See, that's fantastic. That's what I love about being able to offer that to my kid because I know in our area, you our high school, they do have a, a local high school here that uh, does more like magnet things um, with STEM, but you have to apply, you may not get in. And then they only have like one animating class that you can take once throughout your whole high schooling experience. And let's be honest, that's not enough. And my, my kid is interested now. She shouldn't have to wait till high school to possibly take one animation class. So definitely having the um, freedom to give it to her now and let her go as far as she wants to with it is, is amazing. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now back to the show. All right. Sorry about that, y'all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like definitely as soon as you, you know, you can start homeschooling your kid as soon as you feel they are ready to learn. And I would encourage you to not try to put it on, a, not try to put the learning on a schedule at that age, but just to kind of go with the flow. All right. And then Bain is saying, I'm thinking of pulling my son out of public school and teach him at home after his FSA testing. Um, yeah, it's like, here's the thing. We all have the right to have our kids be homeschooled. Um, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, you can go another route, you can put them back into public school, you can um, change up the curriculum. So you can definitely try it. I would always, always though encourage you to get your kids input and opinions on that. Because the best way to, you, you, it's best to teach someone who's motivated to learn. Um, so I would definitely, I'm, I'm obviously very pro homeschooling. <laughs> so I'm always going to be like, if you're thinking about it, go for it. <laughs> Uh, Mindy says, I wish all my kids love to read. Reading is learning. That is so true. I believe readers are leaders and I personally am a huge reader. Um, so I agree with you 100% on that. Good morning. She, she's heart soul. Good to see you here. Thank you so much for being here. And Mrs. Mrs. HB17 is saying, when you think they aren't listening, they are. And it'll surprise you when you see and hear. That is so true. So true. Anytime I think my kids are just eyes glazed, not paying attention, always like a day or a couple of days later, 
they will say it back to me and it's like, oh, you were listening. So yeah, learning doesn't always look like sit down, head down, you know, pencils focused, you know, you can do things in a lot of different ways and still learn. Um, Hi, Leah. I hope I'm saying your name right. Or is it yeah, Leah Price 89 is saying, is there a particular program that you find that's better? I don't want a church school. So yes, there's, you can't, I'm not a huge fan of the all-in-one curriculums personally, which tend to be like the church schools that you're talking about. I personally like to piece things together for my kids and kind of create our own. Um, and the resources that we use are not faith-based resources, even though I know, like I said, there's a lot out there but there's also a lot that aren't faith-based at all. Those are the ones that I find that go a little bit deeper, like when it's just a math curriculum, when it's just an English language arts curriculum, and it's not, um, like I said, a whole all-in-one package. So um, for English language arts and math, we have been using Argo Prep, um, which I do also have on the resources list. So if you're just coming in, I do have a recommended resources list that I add on to every time we do these lives and people make recommendations, I keep adding on to it. Um, and then if you want my personal resources, what I use, I do have an Amazon storefront that has a whole homeschooling tab. That's just the things that are used in my homeschooling um, that I've shown in other videos as well. Um, but I like Argo Prep for math and English language arts, and Argo is spelled A-R-G-O. And then I also use Studies Weekly for science and social studies, um, which is, we use the digital version. We do not use the version where you um, can have the books mailed to you. And um, both of those resources cover all of what's required by state law here in Georgia, and they are not faith-based resources. So that's what I like, and that's what we've been using. Okay, and then Tina, um, going back to what you were talking about with your son being active, you were saying not the energy part, but the non-focusing part, not taking in the information giving and just goofing around instead of trying to answer. Yeah, that I think that's just part of that age though. And so um, like, um, like the other commenter was saying, like a lot of times we think they're not listening and they do. Like you just saw my son came in here wanting to measure himself. We had done measurement like, a, like two weeks ago. And all of a sudden today, this morning, he's interested. And I really thought he was not paying attention <laughs> during the measurement lesson. And you see, he just walked in on his own at what, nine o'clock in the morning saying he wanted to measure himself. So it comes in stages. You just have to you know, be consistent for yourself. Like keep, keep trying, keep going. And eventually it does start to sink in because kids can't help but soak up the learning that's around them. That's why my, my, um, my classroom is kind of just set up to encourage learning even when I'm not around. Um, so sometimes just leaving resources out, they get curious, like, what's this? You know, leave a ruler out. What's this? And you just explain, oh, that's a measure. That's a ruler. That's how you can measure how long something is. And just keep it casual, especially at that young of an age. Um, and then let's see. Mission Led Mama is saying there's an HSLDA podcast that talks about resources for homeschooling ADD and ADHD students. Oh, excellent. Um, let me see if I can look that up and find the name of it. And hey, Precious, good to see you. Yes, self-directed learning, I agree. Good morning, Julie. Um, as you said, your home, your organization is gold. I just watched your letter of intent video. Ooh, girl, it ain't gold right now. I need to, I need to get things reorganized a little bit, but thank you so much for that. She's Heart Soul is saying that's very similar to unschooling and the Charlotte Mason philosophy. That's true. Charlotte Mason was um, the method that I went with in, uh, initially. 
but now I say we're like loosely based on Charlotte Mason. Like we blend Charlotte Mason and unschooling. So yes, that was definitely my approach. All right, so I'm gonna come down a little bit. Let's see. Okay, so Mrs. HB is um, talking to Leah about many, many curriculums are faith-based. There's some secular, but still trial and error. Very true. Bain is saying, my son gets upset when he has to read or do dictionary on his free time when I know it will help him. Um, yeah, it could be um, a thing where you might try um, a more tech approach to that. Like I know the Merriam-Webster has an app that does the word of the day and just try um, um, try not to make it so like sit down and read the dictionary and more like, hey, did you know the word of the day is and it means and doing it that way, just doing one a day, they're still going to learn 365 words in a year. So it doesn't have to be so uh, focused. And that was something that I had to kind of retrain my brain because I've said before, my brain is half drill sergeant, half hippie. And the drill sergeant part of me like demands to see, like, show your work, sit down and do your work. And then the hippie side of me is like, it's fine. They'll get it eventually. <laughs> as long as they are potty trained and can tie their shoes, everything's good. And the drill sergeant's like, no, go sit down. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Uh-oh. Hold on, guys. My... The comments just snapped to the bottom. So I guess I was going too slow. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so for Leah, for the ones uh, when you ask, how can I would, you said I was just looking at your list. How can I tell which ones are specifically fourth grade? Um, a lot of the resources that are listed here cover multiple grades. So for example, Argo Prep has curriculum from, from pre-K all the way through eighth grade. So unfortunately, um, a lot of these resources are not going to be that specific, um, but I do try to say if something is pre-K versus early elementary, upper elementary, middle school, and high school. But a lot of these companies do resources for multiple grades, so you are going to have to just click on the link and see which ones interest you the most. So I'm sorry I couldn't be more specific, but like I said, a lot of these programs do multiple grades. Good morning to everyone. Um, let's see, EGM1875 saying, is saying, I use Acellus Power School. I've heard of that. A lot of folks that come from public school have used that and recommended that. And let's see, I'm seeing other resources recommended like the library and Usborne books. Yes. And okay. Yes, PR Shorty. There are a lot of folks in here today. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about it. <laughs> um, let's see. Gab Gabrielle Four says, hello, what are the standards of the parent planning on homeschooling a first grader and kindergartner? Um, I'd I'm happy to tell you what state are you in? I can look up the standards for your state. And let's see, Sarah, Sm Sarah Smiles is saying, my kiddo has a small library in our house. I swear it's good though. I agree with you. I don't have a dining room. I have a library for that exact reason. Like I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. And when we moved here, I said, I don't want a dining room. I want a Diogenes club. And we just have it full of books. <laughs> so yes, hi from Japan. So good to see you here. Thank you for being here. Okay, so yes, y'all were answering Leah's question about the secular programming or church. Yeah, I get you. And hopefully, I know, Leah, it's a lot um, that's on that list. It's going to be a lot of clicking through, but that is on 
that's part of, you know, narrowing it down of what works is sometimes you have to just filter through what doesn't. So I hope it, I know it's like, you just want to be able to like search like specifically fourth grade, specifically math, which some of the, some of these pages do allow you to do like education.com is one that we use. And I've used that one for years uh, where you can be that specific and you can say, I only want to see fourth grade math division resources on that website. You can be that specific, but on this list, I just listed as education.com, which covers multiple subjects and multiple ages. So I hope that helps. And let's see here. So, oh, hey, Mobile, Alabama. Okay, so let me look up Alabama's standards for you. And I did see someone said I should write the website for the HSLDA um, on the board behind me. I will do that. Where's my marker? L-E-G-A-L. Can y'all see that? Nope, I had my head cuts it off. <laughs> okay, hang on, we'll try it again. Let's see, where's my head? Okay. That's okay, that's fine. Does that work? It's backwards to y'all, isn't it? Okay, we'll figure this out. <laughs> this is a rough and tumble, guys. Um, but it's basically hslda.org slash legal. That's where I'm going. And I'm clicking on Alabama. So in Alabama, you don't start until age six. So the school age school ages required are from six to 17. You have three options for homeschooling, uh, which I can read in just a second. You do have to let the state know that you are going to homeschool. Uh, so you can, the three options are homeschooling with a church school, homeschooling with a private school, or homeschooling with a private tutor. Um, yeah, I know it's inverted. How do I flip the camera? I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Okay. So if, let me just read through each of these options. For, um, for Alabama's requirements. Okay, so for homeschooling uh, with a church school, it says that you would need to enroll your child in a church school, which they have a, a compiled list of the Christian Home Education Fellowship of Alabama. You can go to that website to enroll file a church school enrollment certificate, keep an attendance register, and then comply with any policies established by the church school. Okay, so option two is homeschooling with a private school. It says notify your local superintendent, keep an attendance register, obtain proof of immunization, and teach physical education is also one of the requirements. And then the third option is to homeschool using a private tutor. If you homeschool with a private tutor, the tutor must be an Alabama certified teacher. Um, and then you must ensure your child is instructed in the required subjects and for the required number of days, which for Alabama is 140 days of each calendar year. 
for at least three hours a day and the tutor must teach between the hours of 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. I wonder why they're that specific about the tutor, but not any of the other ones. Um, not any of the other options had that time of day requirement. Interesting. And then the private tutor must comply with reporting and record keeping requirements, which are listed here. They have to submit a statement to the county or city superintendent. They have to list the tutors students, the subjects taught, and the proposed tutoring schedule. They must also keep a register of work showing the daily hours of instruction and attendance, including absences. And then tutors must make the reports to the State Board of Education. How interesting that that seems to be the strictest route in Alabama. Why can't, can you not just homeschool at home? Hmm, what's up with that, Alabama? Okay, um, that was interesting. I hadn't, first of all, this is the first time hearing of church school. I have not heard of that. And then the private school, it says a private school is established, conducted, and supported by a non-governmental entity or agency offering educational instruction in grades K through 12 or any combination thereof, including preschool, though on-site through on-site or home programs. Oh, okay. A home may be the location where a child receives instruction as a student attending a private school. A parent may establish a home-based private school or the home may be an extension of an existing private school. Okay, got it. That's the one that I would probably do if I lived in Alabama, because I'm like, sorry, what? <laughs> None of this sounds like homeschool. So this option two is the one for like, if you just want to homeschool your kid at home, but you would establish your home as a private school using their notification system where you would notify your local superintendent that you intend to homeschool as a private school. And then you would keep an attendance register, obtain proof of immunization, and then make sure that you are also teaching physical education. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was like, why do they call it that? But I guess they just call homeschools private schools, which makes sense. Cause I actually joked about that earlier um, in the live. I, someone was saying, can, can I go to your school or can I enroll in your school? I said, no, my, my homeschool is very private. You have to be born into it. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, Precious says, I'm trying to get like you, Tam. Our library is small, but growing. That's how it starts. Every book we have is over time, it's thrifted, it's gifted. I have a problem turning down free books too. Um, so let me see if I can get this flip for y'all because I know that the words are backwards. And how do I flip my camera? I suppose I could also just write it backwards. Give me a second, let's see, admin settings. It doesn't allow me to flip or invert. Mm. All right. If someone wouldn't mind posting it in the chat, maybe that'll help. And I'll figure out how to invert and flip another day. All righty. And good morning to everyone who had been saying good morning. I'm just scrolling back up to make sure I didn't miss anyone's question or comments. And if I did, please, if you wouldn't mind just repeating it. Uh, let's see. Mrs. Flynn is saying, I don't know if you can get Twinkle in the States, but it is great, loads free, and it 
key stages. Yes, I do have Twinkle on our list. We do have an, a version here in the US because I know that is a UK resource. And I think also Australia also uses it. But yes, we do have a version here in the US. So thank you for dropping that. Uh, Leah says, we have three small libraries in our house. Yes, you cannot have too many books. Like it's not hoarding if it's books. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Um, all right. And then Leah's saying, that's what I'm starting to figure out now, even though we don't start for two months, mom has some learning to do as well. Absolutely. If you are homeschooling, you are also going to be learning uh, as well. It's not possible to both homeschool your kids and you are not learning. And then let's see. Um, Michelle, mama said that that sounds very public school talking about Alabama's rules. Yeah, it did at first, but then I, got, I went back and read it and the private school option, like option two is I think just the standard, what we would call in other states is homeschooling, but they call it private school. So it sounded more like official, but that's the thing too about a lot of these rules is they sound super official and restrictive, but then you break it down and you're like, oh no, that's just homeschooling. <laughs> so the language barrier in different states is something like also just to kind of overcome and make sure that you're not getting intimidated by language that's meant to sound impressive, but really is quite simple. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, and Ms. Flynn is saying that's why home ed numbers are low because they're classified as private school children. You know, that's interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. So the population of homeschoolers could be much higher if you have some states like Alabama who consider homeschooling as private school. So that's very true. That's very true. Hey, far, far mama. You said you think it's a filter option. Yeah, I think that you're right. And I just have to figure out how to do that. I think I have to do that before I start. So I would have to end the live and then come back and flip. I think that's how I'd have to do it. But since we're all in here, I'll just for today, leave it and then make sure that for tomorrow's live that I have it set up uh, to be inverted and uh, shown correctly. Good morning, Crystal. Or is that Christ Al Gore? Because I guess you could read it each way. <laughs> but I'm seeing it as Crystal. <laughs> so I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and then let's see. I always said, Mission Led Mama saying, I always said that if stuff hit the fan, I'd move our family to Alabama. <laughs> Sounds like something to think about. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I think um, I do know someone who homeschools in Alabama, and it's not it's not very like strict as that law makes it sound. Um, I do think that you, like in most states, you have to do a notification, but beyond that, it's not like that rigid. So basically notifying them that you intend to homeschool seems to be synonymous with establishing a home-based private school. It's just the language they're choosing to use. Okay. And then uh, not going to do it. 14 says, I believe Illinois also calls it private school. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like in different states, it's referred to in different ways. Like I have the Georgia law here and it's laminated because I'm extra. And let's see, they call it a home study program, but it's viewed in the same light as a private school. Like they are basically regulated in, in similar ways. 
but they do separate private school and home study program here in Georgia. Okay. And then let's see. Okay. And then Gabrielle says, right after procedures, you're official. Got it. Okay. And then Bain is saying, I love getting I I love getting new ideas from pages like this. Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy that it's being helpful. Bethany, hi, thank you for being here. Um, you said my child is getting really depressed about school because he compares himself to others. Mm. Comparison is the thief of joy. I know that for sure. Is he has he expressed to you like what specifically he means? Or I don't know if you even want to get that detailed and deep on the internet. <clears throat> Oh, I'm sorry. I see your second part of the question popped up. How do I switch from public school to homeschooling? Okay, sure. Yeah, I can help you with that. So if you want to just drop what state you're in, I will do the same thing. I will look up your state to find out what requirements, what your state requires um, in order to make the switch. And then um, Mrs. HB is saying, uh, I'm in New York and it's kind of strict, but mostly for high school. Yes, um, that is true. In high, when you get to high school and homeschooling, it definitely for, in most areas becomes more important because that's when you're not more important, but like the rules become more rigid because you're thinking about how to get into college at that point in most cases. And so the rules kind of become more like make sure you're teaching this, this, this and this. Um, so, OK, Bethany, you are in Illinois. OK. And so in Illinois, you don't have to notify, it says, huh? And there's no requirement for, um, like you don't have to have a certain level of education for teachers. So let's just read through. Um, so in Illinois, your homeschool will be treated as a private school, which we did hear someone just say, um, you do not have to register your home-based private school with the Illinois State Board of Education, nor are you required to obtain state recognition of your home-based private school uh, in fact, you cannot get your private school registered or recognized because the law does not allow it. Okay, so then it says under homeschooling under the private school statute, you would need to follow the following guidelines. Number one is to teach the required subjects, which are language arts, math, biological and physical sciences, social sciences, fine arts, and physical development and health. It says the Board of Education treats biological and physical science as one combined with as one combined branch of instruction, okay? Uh, instruction must be in English. That is the first time I've seen um, a state say that, like you have to teach in English, okay. Number three is know what to call your homeschool program. So um, HSLDA recommends that you call your homeschool a private school when you deal with government officials. So it seems like you would need to just um, unenroll from the current school or uh, whatever procedure that is for your son's school to say like, I'm unenrolling him. And then that's it. Like you don't have to then notify or do anything to be a private school. I guess that's like considered the default. And then Precious is saying um, that she is in Illinois too. Okay. And yeah, I'm seeing some other homeschoolers, some other folks in Illinois are reaching out to you saying they're also there and it's pretty free. Illinois has very homeschool friendly laws. So, okay, so a bunch of y'all are in here from Illinois. That's cool. All right. Um, and I do see your question, uh, Precious, about Florida, which I will do. Florida. <clears throat> okay, so um, Florida 
has, um, you must be, the school age requirement of Florida is ages six to 16. Uh, and then there's three options in Florida, which I should know this by now because I know I've read it uh, before, but I still don't know. So <laughs> I'm going to read it again. Um, homeschooling under the state's homeschool statute, homeschooling under the private school umbrella program or homeschooling with a private tutor. That's right. Because I kept thinking, Florida, you can have a governess as a private tutor. OK, so for the first one, which is probably the most common, which is just homeschooling under the homeschool statute, you must file a notice of intent. You must maintain a portfolio. You must have your student uh, evaluated annually. And then if you ever stop homeschooling, you do have to submit a notice of termination. And then when it comes to the evaluations, you would either have them evaluated by a teacher holding a valid Florida teaching certificate. You can also take a nationally uh, student achievement test administered by a certified teacher or you can be evaluated by a Florida licensed psychologist or school psychologist, or you can be evaluated with any other valid measuring tool as mutually agreed upon. That's the part that they put in quotes, which again, it's like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> um, but probably reaching out to the superintendent in your area or other homeschooling, uh, um, other homeschoolers in Florida, they could probably expound upon what that part in quotes mean, be evaluated with any other valid measurement tool as mutually agreed upon, whatever that means in Florida. <laughs> um, so, and then uh, Mrs. HB is saying Florida also has hybrid learning, which I believe would fall under the umbrella program that they're talking about. Cause it says uh, you can enroll your child in private school that is registered with the Florida Department of Education that will also oversee your homeschool. So it's like a hybrid between private school and homeschooling. So I think that's what you mean, Mrs. HB, that uh, that option two for Florida. If I, if I got that wrong, just let me know. And then Miss, uh, let's see, Queen Hippolyta is saying, just make sure you have proof of the school receiving the withdrawal letter. Uh, and that's for Illinois, correct? When, when you are talking about Bethany wanting to withdraw her son, you're suggesting that she uh, make sure that they have a copy of like proof that they have received the withdrawal letter. I believe that's, yeah, that's who she's referring to. Um, so Bethany, that was for you from Queen Hippolyta, making sure your school, like you have proof that your school received the withdrawal notice when you, if you choose to withdraw your son. Okay, I see Maryland is being requested. So let me go there. I don't believe I've read Maryland before. So this is gonna be a learning experience for me with Maryland. All right. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now back to the show. Okay, so Marilyn has four options for homeschooling with the required ages for school being five to 18. So this is what I was pointing out y'all about like some states, the age is five, some states, the age is six, some states, the age is seven. So that's why you definitely wanna pay attention um, for your state. Um, and then let's get into the four options of homeschooling in Maryland. Okay, so option one for homeschooling in Maryland says you can homeschool under the portfolio option. 
you can, option two is you can homeschool under the church umbrella option. You, option three is you can homeschool under the church exempt school umbrella option. And then option four is you can homeschool under the state approved school umbrella option. So let's talk first about the portfolio option. Uh, you must first file a notice of consent with your superintendent, which um, the form they're saying is available on the uh, website for the Department of Education for Maryland. A Maryland home instruction regulation says that parents shall submit the notice of consent to the superintendent 15 days before starting a home instruction program. Okay, so that also is a little bit different because some states say within 30 days of starting, but Maryland uh, is specifically saying they want it 15 days before you start. Okay, and uh, let's see. Uh, number two, or under under um, still option one, the second part is you must teach the required subjects, which are math, English, social studies, science, art, music, health, and physical education. You must provide the required instruction. Is that not the same? Teach the required subjects and then provide required instructions. That seems like they're saying the same thing. Um, but it says you must provide regular thorough instruction in the required subjects. This instruction must be of sufficient duration to implement your instructional program. See, sometimes I feel like these are just words for the sake of words. Like, yes, I'm going to teach it and I'm going to teach it thoroughly. <laughs> okay. And then you must maintain a portfolio of your instructional materials. This should include instructional materials and reading materials, as well as examples of your child's writing, worksheets, workbooks, creative materials, and tests. Okay. And then um, you must respond to the superintendent's request to review your portfolio. Uh, that says, uh, I guess once they notify you that they would like to review your portfolio, you will have 30 days to provide. Oh, wait, what? Hold on. Okay, your local superintendent can review your portfolio your portfolio at a mutually agreeable time and place. She can only do this, he or she can do this only three times a year. That's excessive, it seems, but okay. Um, HSLDA strongly recommends that you do not bring any of your children to the portfolio review. Some school staff may believe that they have a right to see your child, but any such right was abolished when the home instruction regulations were changed in 2019. Oh, this is detailed. If you do not feel comfortable during your portfolio review, your subsequent reviews for subsequent reviews, consider dropping off your materials and using a phone call to discuss them rather than doing it in person. This can be a bit awkward, but some portfolio reviews treat parents quite badly and it can be worth it to avoid a face-to-face -face meeting. My goodness. If the superintendent reviews your portfolio and determines that your child is not being educated in accordance with the regulations, he or she must notify you of these, of these deficiencies in your program you will have 30 days to provide evidence that you have corrected these deficiencies. Otherwise, this superintendent may tell you to stop homeschooling. Maryland, stop it. You can appeal a decision of the superintendent to the board, to the school board within 30 days. You can then, if necessary, appeal the school board's decision to the state board of education within 30 days. I can't believe they have enough people to actually do this, like to do this uh, review. Okay, and then it says, 
Number six is to notify your superintendent of any changes to your school homeschool status. If you stop homeschooling during the school year or switch from one homeschool option to another, you must notify the superintendent. Okay, this is called a change of status notice. And then um, beware, be aware that the school cannot impose additional requirements on your homeschooling. Well, it sounds like there are enough. My, okay, so then with the, uh, under the church umbrella option, very similar. So I'm not gonna like read through everything again, except you would just be under the, uh, under the guidance of a church um, and follow those rules. If you do the church exempt option, you still have to follow notice with the superintendent that you're doing church exempt and good lord maryland this is probably the most strict one i've seen but i haven't read new york so there's a lot here <laughs> oh my gosh okay so mrs hb is saying they usually don't do all that it's not that that bad in maryland okay because how i'm reading this is like <laughs> This is a lot. Like I can't imagine someone wanting to sit and do portfolio reviews like all all the time like this. Um, but yeah, that's a lot for Maryland. But everything that I was reading uh, for Maryland is under the hslda.org/legal. You would just click on Maryland. Wow, that's a lot. But like I said, Mrs. HB. HB17 says it's not that bad. <laughs> so clearly, it sounds a lot more intense. Um, wow. Okay. And then uh, Queen Hippolyta is going back to the Illinois how to withdraw. She's suggesting to send it by certified mail and require a signature. Oh, yeah, that's that's that sounds brilliant, a brilliant way to do that. And then let's see. Mrs. HB was also saying the school provides the curriculum and attend class in person one to two days a week. Oh, that's the hybrid. Okay, cool. All right, Mickey J, thank you for being here. You said, can I do New Jersey? I sure can. And also same uh, same website, um, just clicking on New Jersey. Okay, so New Jersey, uh, the school age requirement is from ages six to 16. Let's see. Oh, New Jersey is pretty short. Okay. Um, <laughs> it says, under New Jersey law, you must give your child an education that is academically equivalent, and they use equivalent in quotes, that he or she would receive at school. Equivalent does not mean identical. In practice, if parents have been making a good faith effort to give their child an education that is appropriate for the child's age and covers the major and covers the major subjects, the courts have not ordered them to stop homeschooling. Okay. Um, and then it says here, for comparison purposes, New Jersey's public high schools usually offer instruction in the following areas. And uh, those areas are language arts for four years, math for three years, science for three years, world history for one year, civics or U.S. and New Jersey history for two years, health, safety, and physical education for two and a half hours per week for four years, financial, economic, or business, entrepreneurial uh, for one semester, visual or performing arts for one year, foreign language for one year, or show proficiency, uh, career technology and vocational for one year, 
And then it says here, te technological literacy, civics, economics, geography, and global content, but not as separate, not as separate, separate subjects, but integrated throughout. So giving them a holistic, well-rounded education is sufficient. There's no rules though. There's not any like, you must be a teacher. They don't have any, um, they don't have any mandated subjects. They don't have any testing requirements. They don't have any, any immunization requirements. So New Jersey is um, sounding like the the Dr. Hyde to Maryland's, <laughs> I mean, Dr. Jekyll to Maryland's Mr. Hyde. I'm not picking on Maryland though. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm being silly. Um, but that just, again, goes to show like Maryland and New Jersey are pretty close, you know, geographically, but like worlds apart in terms of the, the um, rules and, and how much they want to see from you. But as Mrs. HB was saying, like in Maryland, it seems like the bark is worse than the bite and that they've just got a lot of words, but it's actually not that difficult to maintain the standards. <laughs> and then uh, she's saying one of her best friend, uns one of her best friends unschools her children in Maryland. So that, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, like with what you were saying, Mrs. HB is like, seems like the bark is worse than the bite on that. It's just a lot of words, but it's definitely possible to still have, you know, the, enjoy the freedom and flexibility of schooling your children as long as you've got your initial paperwork in order. And if you are keeping um, a portfolio that you can, you know, drop off, probably what they're wanting to see is just a, a few samples from each subject, which you can get one of those, um, like a three ring binder, put some dividers in it that has each of the subjects and just showing samples of what you're doing and then go about your day. I do that anyway, just here in Georgia. So it's not like it's um, too much of an inconvenience. In fact, most of us, as I've said in previous um, lives, is like we, we try to go above and beyond anyway. We're not looking to not educate our kids. We want to, and we want to show our work, but there's also those times where sometimes it's best to sit back and just let your child lead. So it's definitely one of those things that it's, you want to adapt accordingly, but the showing proof is, is probably the easier part. It's narrowing it down to what curriculum you're gonna use, that's the hard part. And then you just make copies of whatever you're doing or submit, save, save certain copies of it. Uh, let's see, I, hear, I see Bain saying, let me move to New Jersey. <laughs> Hope Collective is saying, Michigan is great when it comes to homeschooling, everything else, not so much. Fair, that's fair, <laughs> that's a fair assessment. Um, and then not gonna do it as saying to Hope Collective, same in Illinois, I wanna move, but homeschooling laws are hard to beat. Yeah. And then uh, Queen Hippolyta is saying, same, Illinois is so easy, I don't wanna learn new laws. <laughs> That's fair. That's completely fair, y'all. All right, I'm just gonna scroll back up just really quickly here to make sure I didn't miss anything. And let's see. Okay, so I see some of y'all are reaching out to each other saying, hey, hit me up. Let's chat. Cool, cool. Okay, yeah, I think I'm I think I'm think caught up. If I did miss you, please um, just pop it into the chat again. I'm not trying to miss anybody. Uh, let's see. Oh, Arkansas. Sure. I will check on Razorback Country. Okay, so Arkansas, the age to begin homeschooling is age five through 17. And let's see here. 
No teacher qualifications um, are on here. No state mandated subjects, no assessment requirements, no immunization requirements, but you do need to um, submit a note, like uh, you do need to notify annually, which again, that's very similar for most states is every year you just say, yep, I'm homeschooling. Yep, still homeschooling. <laughs> um, and so for Arkansas, it says the notification must be filed by August 15th of each year. It is not necessary to use any particular form or any form at all, but it's a very good idea to use a form from a trusted source to avoid inadvertently leaving out some of the information that is required. The notice must include the name, date of birth, gender, and grade level of the child, the name and address of the school each child last attended, if any, the mailing address of the homeschool, a telephone number, a statement that the parents agree that they are responsible for the child's education while the homeschool program is continuing, a statement of plans to participate in public school interscholastic activities. That's optional, but that's good that they allow you to, because um, I know some states are just coming around to that, uh, allowing that option for you to homeschool your kids, but still they can participate in um, like local, like high school sports and whatnot. Cause I know I get that question from time to time, like, can your kids still play sports? Yes, they can. Um, and let's see, also you need to include a statement of plans to seek a GED. That's also optional. So you don't have to seek a GED, but if you are planning to, they want that included on the notification form. And then finally, the name and signature of the person involved in the homeschool. The notice must or may be submitted, excuse me, not must, it says may be submitted electronically or by email or by US mail or in person. The information is confidential and may be used only for statistical and record keeping purposes. And that's according to the Arkansas state law, which they reference here. And let's see. It's important for a parent to keep the documentation showing that the notice was submitted there. It says if you decide to begin homeschooling after the start of your of the year, your child is in and your child is enrolled in public school, you must file the notice five days prior to withdrawing your child from public school. Um, but that's that's that according to the law. So before you withdraw, they want you to submit your notice that you're planning to homeschool. Again, in some states I've seen like, they want you to do it like within 30 days or shortly after, but Arkansas says do it before if you're planning to withdraw. Uh, let's see, if you move to a new state or new school district during the school year, you must file in the new district within 30 days after establishing res residency there. Okay. Um, and then again, no standardized testing is required in Arkansas. So I hope that was helpful. Arkansas seems pretty, pretty standard um, with the exception of they, I don't see if they provide the form because it said it doesn't have to be on that form. So I guess you could just write your own letter that just includes all of that information or you can find a form. Oh, the HSLDA website says they have a form available, but you have to be a member. Hmm. I can't remember if you can just be a member by signing up with email or if you have to pay. I think we pay, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, okay. Hey, yes, mission-led mama. It is, it's active, but I like it. It's active in here, but I do like it, <laughs> for sure. Um, let's see. Good morning, Annie. How are you? 
Thank you for being here. I was telling my mother um, that I've been learning French from, from a friend in Canada and she's like, what? <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, she's, she's tickled that people from all over listen and check in with the, with the lives. I'm like, yeah, man, Canada, South Africa, got it going on over here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. You can be a member and not pay. I, I thought so. Cause I was like, I don't think I'm paying, but I know I do get the emails for HSLDA. So thank you for verifying that um, mission led mama. All right. All right. And so there's a question that says, do you know a good place for placement testing? The only ones I can find are for reading and phonics. Good question. So are you thinking just to find out what level your kid is on for um, like math and things of that nature? I just want to make sure I'm understanding your question correctly. So like you're wanting like a, a placement test for math, for ELA, for science, social studies, that sort of thing. And then Annie saying, haha, I love it. I'm going to post a video on our French resources today. I will be watching. <laughs> um, Michelette Mama says, my district had their own form and I didn't even have to use it. Oh, okay. Okay, and then you were saying everything. I pulled him out of public school this year and he seems to be all over the board. That's fair and that, that happens quite often. Um, so, I am not aware of a science placement test or a social studies placement test. However, let me pull out my handy dandy resource notebook here. You can uh, purchase, oh shoot, it's not over here. You can purchase a testing booklet that and I just happen to give my kids a test every year. It's uh, I got it from Spectrum, the Spectrum Notebook series. And basically what I did with that is just, I just gave it to them very casually, very informally. This is what it looks like printed off. And like I said, they do sell entire notebooks of the test practice um, where you can just give it give it to them a section at a time and just based on how they do so like if you think your kid is in fifth grade or should be going to fifth grade you can give them that test very casually this test includes reading and math and writing um because like i said i haven't found one for like science and social studies a placement test um so i'm not sure on that but just for those core subjects just knowing where they are in reading kind of will translate to science and social studies anyway, since there tends to be a lot of reading in those types of curriculums anyway. Um, and then just based on how they do on that test, you can then kind of gauge like, okay, we probably need to focus more on this level of reading, but we can advance to this level of math or, or what have you. So um, those testing books can be found on Amazon. Um, yeah. Uh, that's usually where I find those books, but I think they sell those types of workbooks in other stores, but Amazon is the first that's coming to mind. Hey, Magic Faith. Um, I don't know if I saw you in here before, so thank you so much for being here. Um, you said, is there a homeschool planner book you recommend to record curriculum if they require a review? I use spreadsheets because I don't like when the notebooks start to get all 
like the pages start to get all bent and things. So I use spreadsheets for that. And um, I can show you one of mine. Give me a moment, I'll pull that up. What age can you start homeschooling is a question. It varies based on what state you're in. Some states say five, some say six, some say seven. Okay, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. It's fresh. Uh, you're saying it's frustrating for both of us because some things are too easy, others are too hard. That is so true. Um, and sometimes it is just a trial and error thing because even amongst grade levels, like it can say the same grade level on a workbook, but different companies have different levels of rigor. So it'll be a fourth grade or fifth grade book, but way too easy. But then another person, another company's fourth or fifth grade book seems too hard. So there is some trial and error into it. Um, I really try to find uh, resources where they offer you a free sample or like a, a where you can look at it before you buy it. Um, also, one thing you can do is download different apps um, like Khan Academy is a free app and just go through some of the resources on Khan Academy to see. And then they do have science and social studies. So you can look at third grade science and third grade social studies or whatever grade you're in to see like approximately where they're at. That might be better than doing the test that I mentioned because most kids hate tests. So definitely play around on Khan Academy to see where he feels most comfortable. Oh, good. You do have some, you said you have some workbooks from Spectrum. So that's awesome. Good, good, good. Um, oh, okay, good. You want to start at preschool age? Yeah, that's what I did. And you kind of just start when they're ready. The What I said about being five, six, or seven, that's when you have to officially notify. Um, but you can start whenever your kid is comfortable and where, when you feel like they can handle it. Okay, and also um, you, were, you said you were looking for something that could tell me what they should know per grade. Okay, I get mine from my state, but you can also just type into um, an internet search, third grade scope and sequence, that word is like a lot of states call it scope and sequence, or some states call it standards. And then you can get a list of what a person or what a child should know at that grade level. Um, yeah, that's that's been helpful. Also, I do get the Abeka catalog. Like we don't use Abeka, but I get their catalog and I'll go pick it up right now. Give me a second. I'll grab that and show you. Since it was, oops, I'm knocking things over. Since it was close enough. So I get the Abeka catalog every year. I signed up at a homeschool fair when they were there. And now I get a catalog every year. And at the, at the very back of it, and I know this is going to be inverted, so my apologies. But at the back of it, they give you the scope and sequence for every grade level and subject. And it tells you different topics that a kid should know at that age. This one to me is a bit strict. Uh, but like, for example, it'll say things like for second grade arithmetic, they should know number recognition, counting and writing between one and 10,000 and beyond numbers greatest and least counting and writing to 100,000 by threes to 36 and by fours to 48. So that kind of thing. It's, it's a bunch of things listed here. So I'm not going to read all that. Um, but this is something that they that I get sent for free that I just you can use as a guide. But um, it's also online. Like you don't have to give them your address to have them send you things. It's also on their website. 
but I would just type in, you know, whatever grade, scope and sequence, and usually you'll get a list of a lot of things of what that grade should know. Uh, let's see. I'm just scrolling through. Okay, Annie from Dear West Kids is saying we use Exam Bank for testing. I'm not sure if you need to pay for it. Okay. And then let's see. What tips? Oh, hey, Mandy Joy. I like your name. Uh, what tips do you have for teaching multiple grade levels and entertaining pre-K kids at once? Great question. Okay, so first of all, um, I try not to teach them when they all need me. I separate them throughout the day. So for example, my oldest is uh, much more motivated. So she just, I get her started early uh, while my preschooler at the time, while he'd be watching like something on PBS, like Curious George. And I would just get my oldest started. And then my uh, my middle child is more of a do it in the afternoon kind of kid. And that would kind of coincide with nap time if your, pre if your preschooler is still taking naps. But on those days where it was like, you just can't separate them. I would really try to encourage my preschooler to do something like a, a easy puzzle or doing dry erase. Cause sometimes they want to be included. They want to feel like they're doing something too. And so that's where doing things like this with a dry erase marker. So they feel like I'm doing school too. Um, that was helpful for me. So I would try that, try to separate them if at all possible, <laughs> divide and conquer. Oh my goodness. Um, let me see. Oh, it just jumped down. Good morning, Life with H and Rage. Good to see y'all here. Um, I'm just gonna scroll back up. I don't wanna miss anyone's questions. Uh, da, da, da. Oh yes, watch lots of YouTube reviews and flip throughs. Yes, I do that. I try to also provide some flip throughs on my YouTube channel. I need to, I'll be doing more of that as we um, start to get in our curriculum. I just ordered the things that we're gonna be doing over the summer. So I'll be providing flip throughs as well. Okay, and it says, he. you said he seems to be reading way behind, he seems to be way behind in reading. So I feel like that's our main issue. Yeah, and you know what? Reading is one of those things like they can, it can feel that way until they find what they're passionate about reading. So like, I really thought my middle child was behind until she came across a series that she couldn't get enough of. And then it was just like, phew, zoom, she, she will not stop now. And thankfully that series continues to publish books. So she's very excited about it. Uh, so sometimes it can just come down to what they're reading might not have grabbed their attention yet. <laughs> oh, Mission Let Mama, thank you for holding me accountable, telling me that it was three minutes to 10. <laughs> I know, I do try to um, stick to that, but I, I don't wanna leave y'all hanging, we're still going. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a few more minutes. Um, let's see. Mm -mm. Okay, Mrs. HB saying, yes, my third grader reads at fifth grade, but math is still at third grade. Um, that's why it's important to avoid all in one. Yeah, because sometimes the curriculums, there's there's gaps in it or your, your kid is at different levels for different subjects. So definitely trying to tailor it is, is better, um, in my opinion, but it's also a little bit more challenging to make sure you're like really finding the good stuff. So that's that trial and error there. Okay, so uh, the question here is, how do you get started? Do you have to register them somewhere? How do I pick curriculums? <laughs> Those are all the questions we um, actually answered in this episode. 
Um, so I do have a podcast that I'm recording for this live. If you want to go back and listen to it, because I really um, am trying to stick with the 10 o'clock cutoff time, but I will be here again tomorrow at 8.30. Um, so definitely um, check back in. And um, every state is different is the answer to your question. And how do you pick curriculums? It's going to depend on what your child gravitates towards. And I hate that answer personally, because I would like to be more detailed, but I also do have to end the live here pretty soon. So definitely come back and I'll be happy to answer that in a bit more detail or check out any of the podcast episodes um, because I do answer those questions and I may have already mentioned your state in one of those as well. Um, let's see. All right, so you guys were chatting back and forth to each other a bit. Awesome, awesome. Annie saying we do Play-Doh, water table and sensory bins and her youngest is two. That was for the pre-K, like how do you entertain a pre-K while you're homeschooling the other grades? And um, I'll let this be the last question. Pros and cons for year-round homeschooling. That's from Megan. Um, so Megan, pros are that uh, I don't find myself having to reteach topics. Um, a lot of times when you take long breaks, you end up having to go back and review a lot because you know kids can sometimes do a brain dump on uh, during those long breaks. Another pro of homeschooling year-round is just consistency. And a lot of times you're moving through subjects at such a pace where you can just keep going. So you don't have to necessarily start and stop a grade at the same time as public schools. Like my oldest finished set her, most of her seventh grade requirements back in March. Well, we're year round homeschooling. Taking, if we had been taking traditional breaks, taking a break from March to August is just way too long. So um, because we are year round homeschooling, we can just keep going. Um, a con to year-round homeschooling? I don't really have any cons. I've been homeschooling year-round for probably the last five years. And I really like that we can take breaks when we need to. Uh, we're not, I'm not worried about not meeting the 180-day requirement. Um, it just kind of alleviates a lot of that stress. Like we homeschool for six weeks on and one week off year-round. And um, around Christmas and now the end of May, we take two weeks off. Um, and I have just found that better than the long summer break. Even though our summers will be lighter, we will still be um, learning and bridging from one grade to the next, but we're not taking extremely long, you know, 10 week breaks. Um, but I would just say, give it a try for your family. I mean, some people really do need those breaks. They like to travel with their other friends and family who might be, um, you know, uh, on a public school schedule. So you, you want to have that freedom and flexibility, but um, it just depends. I would try it both ways and see what you think. All righty. Uh, and then Queen Hippolyta says, we're switching to year round. It is less stressful. I agree. <laughs> All right. Thank y'all so much for being here. Um, any, oh, let's see. You said you always come in towards the end. I'm so sorry. You know, maybe we, um, we can do like an afternoon one or something. Um, but yeah, it is on the podcast too, y'all. So if you ever do want to go back and listen, um, the podcast is called Homeschool Help Desk Live, which is on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on Amazon Music. It's on Google Podcasts. So it's out there and y'all can get to it from the link in my profile too, if you just wanted to click on that. Um, but yeah, that is, let's see. Oh, that's a good topic for tomorrow. Any suggestions on the gameplay homeschool thing? Because I'm ordering some games too. So I'm going to 
try to remember that for tomorrow's topic. I think that'll be great to discuss game schooling because I think that's really, really good. Um, but yeah, thank y'all so much for being here. I am going to go ahead and cut it off because I told my kids I'm trying to stick to that 10 o'clock. <laughs> um, and thank y'all so much for the compliments. I'm so grateful that all of y'all were here. Thank you for all the likes and for just keeping, I mean, for just everything that you are contributing to the conversation because uh, that's why we do this, to learn from each other and to um, get help and assistance and tips and resources. So I will see everyone um, tomorrow at 8.30 Eastern. And um, we can definitely discuss the game schooling and come back to any questions that I was missing here at the end. All right, so I will see y'all. Thank you so much for being here again. I hope y'all enjoyed that episode of the Homeschool Help Desk Live. Remember that I am on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.